So last week, we finished, well, sort of. We finished a series where Jesus is talking about treasure in verse 21, and then concludes it in verse 24, that you cannot serve God and money. Well, we think that's the end of it, but actually not. Jesus continues it in the idea of being anxious. Now, let me say this right up front. There are some forms of anxiety that need to be treated with medication. There are issues within uh, the psychological makeup of a person, uh, and I am not uh, here instructing you to throw off your medications. If your doctor has prescribed it, you need it. But this issue that Jesus deals with here today is an issue that's good for all of us because it refers in, in a direct way to the basic needs of human life. Given the fact that Jesus has just said, uh, for where your heart, for where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also, and the fact that you cannot serve God in money means that what this is, and it, he goes right in here initially, as we see this, don't stress about life, look at verse 25. Therefore, points back to what has already been said. Therefore, in light of the fact that where your heart is, there your treasure will be, and also you cannot serve God in money, therefore, in light of that, do not, it's a strong imperative in the Greek, uh, it says, I tell you, do not, that means it's a negation of something that is happening in the life of the individual. And then he says, do not be anxious. And that uh, Greek word is merino. And that means to be anxious or to have an anxious concern based upon apprehension about possible danger or misfortune. To be worried about, to be anxious about. The key there is danger and misfortune. A lot of anxiety comes from the fact that we think about what could possibly happen as a result of what is taking place in my life. Oh my gosh, we have a house payment coming up. How am I going to meet that house payment? That is a future worry. That is a future problem. And so a lot of anxiety deals with this issue of fear and dread and impending doom. So Jesus addresses it right here. Therefore, do not, strong, do not, that means to put it down, to lay it aside, do not be anxious. I don't know if you, how much TV you watch. I'm kind of a strange fellow. I, I watch shows like this. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this series. It's called Alone. Um, I don't know when it came out, but I just finished season two of Alone. And what they do is there's over five, six hundred uh, applicants that want to be on the show. What they do uh, in this series, season two, they were dropped off in Vancouver Island at ten different locations. And one of the things, you, you're totally alone. You have no contact with people. Uh, the winner of this if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to tell you who the winner is. But it was a person I wanted to win. So um, they're dropped off with no food. They have 10 survival items. And they're stuck on the island. Okay, this gentleman here to the right, 
was an army veteran and on day one a bear fake charged him and then he did what was called tapping out he had a GPS locator he tapped it and he said I'm ready to go home that was when a bear tapped these two guys this guy here and this guy here really surprised me they had they had stuff that I didn't even thought of in survival situation and yet something happened to them in day 30 the, the winner went 66 days and had lost something like 30 something pounds but he stuck with it these two guys really surprised me they tapped out the question is why did they tap out they have their own cameras they're, they're taught how to use the cameras and they look right at the camera and he says being alone has just caused all kinds of mental problems for me it was a mindset that got them out every one of them with the exception of I think it was this girl right here she hurt herself and had to be medically evacuated off the island for her own safety every one of them including the winner said the mind is playing all kinds of tricks on me the issue here that Jesus is talking about is a mindset it is a mindset of worry so when we get into this mindset of worry we have to remember Jesus saying do not think about possible things that are going to happen and by, by the way we should all know this every one of us should that God has our lives he is in control of our lives and therefore although worry may seep in we just need to say I will not worry because God is in control of my life do you believe that God is in control of your life and when those those moments come in and you're anxious get the mindset that I'm going to push past this and I'm going to keep looking to God to take care of my situation George Mueller gives a great quote he writes this the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith and the beginning of a true faith is the end of anxiety that's funny Jesus says just down the road here in 630 oh you of little faith so the issue here is that anxiety will trump faith and when anxiety trumps faith our focus is off God so Jesus says therefore do not be anxious and it is easy I I totally understand it is easy uh, for anxiety to come in and grip us when that happens this is my pastoral advice is when the anxiety comes in just take a minute and take a few deep breaths relax and then start thanking God and the anxiety should subside if it doesn't then start praying so the issue is the mindset and I simply put this next one physical simply because he's going to talk about some physical needs although uh, look at what he says here do not be anxious verse 25b about your life what you will eat or what you will drink 
or nor about your body what you will put on it. The word uh, life is suhe. And here's what this word means. It means inner self. That's who you are inwardly. You think, well, this is an inward mindset too. Well, different than the first. Heart, will, mind, thinking, feelings. Ultimately, it talks about the thought process, how we view something in the physical world. And that's why I put physical there because Jesus addresses it. About your life, what you will eat, that's physical. What you will drink, that's physical. And what you will put on your body, that is physical. So let's look at the essentials of life. Jesus did not mention housing, but we're going to look at the three. One is food. You absolutely need food. In fact, in the uh, uh, series alone, uh, their food source started drying up, and then, of course, the mind was playing tricks on them, and they would tap out individually, and it got down to two individuals, and I was actually praying for the one, uh, and he wound up winning even though he hurt his knee. Uh, great series at least for guys like me that like survival stories and stuff like that but uh, you need food if that food starts drying up then you've got problems and then you can talk to God about it secondly you need water um, you can't go longer than three days without water or you're you'll start getting in trouble and depending on the climate but Jesus said don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink and by the way don't worry about what you're going to wear. Most of us have, oh my goodness, I looked in my wife's closet and she's got all this stuff, <laughs> all this stuff. And I look over mine and it's, you know, not as big, but, you know, um, we have an abundance of clothing, right? Is anybody in here going to be hungry this afternoon? Is anybody in here uh, not going to have uh, water to drink? No, none of us are. So we, we don't worry about those things as much. But yet in this culture, in this uh, situation, Jesus is talking about the essentials. Food, water, and clothing. Here's the thing. That when we get anxious about these moments in life, and by the way, nobody in this church should ever go hungry. If you're at a point where you cannot feed yourself, let me or one of the deacons know and we will, we will take care of that. That's how much confidence I have in a deacons and myself to take care of it. I don't have confidence in myself, but you know what I mean. I would let the deacons and myself come together and we would meet those needs. Nobody in this church goes hungry. Nobody. So the issue here is, are we going to let anxiety trump our faith? Or are we going to let our faith trump anxiety that's the real issue think think just for a minute in your own life when you're really anxious about something there is an absence of faith because your eyes off God and, and if you come back and you say Lord I'm really anxious right now I'm anxious about the things that are happening in my life and Lord I'm just going to breathe for a minute Lord and I'm going to go back and I'm going to trust you the anxiety should immediately lessen Again, if you're on anxiety medications, I am no way suggesting that you come off that. You stay on it. But here's the bigger issue that Jesus will drive at later on as we're going through this. This is the bigger issue. 
And the issue is this. If we can't trust God with the basics of life, can we really trust him at all? Think about it. If the God who created the universe, if the God who threw the stars into existence and and formed the earth that we now live in and, and made human beings in his image and made all kinds of animals that creep along the earth which we are to subdue and have dominion over. It, if God did all of that, what kind of God could not meet my basic daily needs? Think of it this way. If we can't trust God with the basics of our daily life needs, how in the world can we trust him for eternal security? And Jesus will drive at this point. He's getting ready to in just a minute. But the issue here is, if I cannot trust God with this small issue in my life, it may look big to us, I understand that. If I can't trust him with this small issue, then how can I trust him with the bigger issues of life? I realize many people have bigger issues than food, water, and clothing. Some may be facing very serious medical concerns or conditions. And my default to that is God is in control. And we have to trust him no matter what it is that's going on in our lives. And then Jesus drives a point here. And it's, it's debated whether this is a question or if it's a statement. I'll leave it like that. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? It is. It is. I would remind us also that Jesus said uh, life is more than eating bread. It is focusing on God. It is focusing on him and his word. So Jesus now will, will go from saying, stop stressing about life. I've got this. Take that focus that you've been stressing about. Take that focus off the thing that is stressing you. And then do something here and realize that God will provide. God will provide. Now, let me remind us here for a moment where this is take, taking place. Uh, what do you see in this picture other than the Sea of Galilee, other than this building and the Church of the Beatitudes? What do you see here? What you see is trees. So as Jesus is teaching this, he is actually sitting. And the multitude is sitting all around here, maybe a couple thousand sitting as Jesus is teaching. The rabbis always sat when they get ready to teach. And so Jesus says this to them. This is a light-hearted illustration. I love how Jesus does this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. It would have been something like this. As they're sitting, Jesus goes, look at the birds of the air. Every eye would have looked to the skies. And by the way, metaphorically, that's not a bad place to adjust our eyes. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither reap nor gather into barns. 
This is a color page for adults. That's why I put it up there. You know how many species of birds there are? I, you, know, you have to research all this stuff. There's nearly 18,000 species of birds in our world. Some say over 18, some say very close, but let's just use a round number of 18,000 birds. To me, one of the most fascinating is the hummingbird. Let me give you some statistics on hummingbirds. You say, well, Pastor, it doesn't, well, look at the birds of the air. That's what I'm doing. The, humming, the hummingbird, these are some statistics, can remember a feeder years later. Think of that. They can keep track of blooms that they peck. In other words, they don't go back to the same bloom twice because they realize that they've, that they've hit that one already. Their heartbeat, their heartbeat beats 1,260 times a minute. Their wings, that little bird demonstrating for us there, uh, their wings beat, this is, this is just unbelievable. I, God did this. It beats 60 to 80 times a second. That is unbelievable. They travel over 5,000 miles in a year. And when they travel south, they come back and they find it, they, they've got a little GPS inside that little mind of theirs that takes them right back to the feeder that they left back in the winter. And by the way, put that in your hand. That's the weight of a hummingbird. Put a dime in your hand. And Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither reap, they neither gather, they neither store. And yet, listen to this. Jesus, while they're looking up, they could see these birds flying all over, going out to the sea, coming back landing on the branches and yet your heavenly father feeds them and yet your heavenly father feeds them taro which is the uh, greek word for feeds that means to provide food then jesus wakes them up with this one are you not more valuable than they yes god's creation love it the hummingbirds one of my favorites but the fact is, you are more valuable than God's creation. We are primary. He is worried about us more. And Jesus said, are you not more valuable than that? How can you worry when you realize that a God that loves you that much will, will not feed you? He even does that for the lesser creation. He feeds them. He will feed you. He will take care of your needs. And we do not, we need to take that right off the table, brothers and sisters. Just take it off. Set it to the side and say, you know what? When, when you're out walking, if you go walking this afternoon, look up at the trees and you go, you know what? That is a reminder that God will take care of me. I'm more important. I'm more important. It doesn't, and by the way, even if a sparrow hits the ground and dies, God knows it. Scriptures talk about that. So he has your life. He has your life. 
Craig Bloomberg, in his commentary, wrote this. Birds offer a good illustration. I would say great illustration, but this is his quote. Jesus, however, Jesus is not discouraging hard work to provide for our needs. It doesn't mean that we just simply, we don't look for work, we don't take care of our families. No, God gives you the ability to go out and work, make money, get food. Uh, yet, despite their constant efforts, birds remain far more dependent on the whims of nature which Jesus views as God's provisions for them than our people. We who have so much more opportunity to use creation for our own needs ought to worry even less than birds. So when you're, the issue here, I honestly believe the issue that Jesus is driving at is who are you going to trust more? Are you going to trust me? Or are you going to trust what you see? Because one of the things about discipleship is faith is not a feeling. Faith is a belief that God has your life, that he has my life, and that he's in control of that, and that God will take care of it. So when that is the case, anxiety doesn't have a greater opportunity to come in. It's when we become faithless and we don't trust God and I realize there's, there's times when it'll be tested beyond food, water, and clothing. I get that. But you still have to pull back and say, wait a minute. Even in the midst of this, I know that God has a plan for my life, and I have to trust it. And Jesus uses the light, light-hearted. I bet you Jesus smiled when he was sitting there and he just sat there and he said, look at the birds of the air. His voice would have carried even further going up. Look at the birds of the air. God takes care of them. God will take care of you. Verse 27, the big question. I consider it the big question. And which one of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Haste is the word for single, which means one. Hour is pecos, which is cubit, which is 18 inches. There's two ways that this word uh, pecos can be used. It is the distance from the elbow to the top of the finger, which would talk about height. So from the elbow to the top of the fingers, about 18 inches. Or it can refer to a measurement of time. And having spent about an hour studying this, I'm going to go with both. Because I can't definitively say, well, Jesus meant hour or what he's saying, in one way he could be saying, how many of you can grow yourself? And how many of you can personally add a very small amount of time to your life? How many of you can do that? Regardless, it's a small period. That's, that's not very far. That's not very far. Span is Kia. Halikia is a period of time that one is alive 
or the structure of one's height. It can mean either one. And I'd just go with both. In the final analysis, it's a short thing. John Stott, who is with the Lord now, he was a great preacher, wrote several preaching books, a lot of commentaries. He wrote this, to add a meter, he's British, to add a meter to our stature would be a remarkable feat indeed, he writes. Although God does it to all of us between our childhood and adult life. To add a period of time, he uses both of these because he realizes either one could be correct. To add a period of time to our lifespan is also outside our competence. We can't do that. We can't, we can't, I want to grow six feet. That's out of my, I can't do that. My body. I'm going to add an hour to my life. Can't do that either because that's not what we can do. A human being cannot achieve this by himself or herself. Indeed, far from lengthening his life, worry will shorten it. That is a proven fact. Worry and anxiety can cause problems. So just as we leave these matters to God, for they certainly be, are beyond us, would it not be sensible to trust him for the lesser things like food and clothing? Effects of stress. This is effects of stress, anxiety, all these different problems that come in. One is low energy. Why? Because you spend all of your energy worrying about things that God said he would take care of. Low energy. Headaches. You can get headaches from stress. How many of you have ever had a stress headache? I know I have. It's not fun. And in those moments... I should have defaulted back to the fact that God was in control. But you can get stress headaches. Upset stomach. Ugh, I just don't feel like eating. Or when I eat, I get sick because you're all stressed out and you're worrying. Aches and pains. My shoulder hurts. My knees hurt. These are all physical side effects of an inward situation of anxiety. Chest pain. Did you know that stress can act like a heart attack? Did you know that? It can cause your heart, you got, ugh, I got these chest pains. Well, that's because you're stressed out. They may do an EKG on you, uh, which the VA's done on me a couple of times, and it was nothing more than stress. Insomnia. Oh, big one. When you go to bed at night and you keep thinking about a situation over and over and over again that situation consumes your sleep pattern and you can't sleep teeth grinding uh, because of your stress when you sleep this is connected to sleep you will grind your teeth when you finally fall asleep nervousness you'll be nervous when you're stressed weight gain believe it or not even though you can have stomach what happens when we get stressed we eat so thankful the VA put me on that weight loss I'm still where I should be dry mouth okay tell me from this list 
tell me, brothers and sisters, which one of these is going to help you live an hour longer? None of them. And Jesus knew the physical makeup of the body. In fact, this kind of lifestyle will kill you and may reduce the amount of time that you're living. Just relax, enjoy life. Look at the birds of the air. When you go walking this afternoon or maybe tomorrow or the next day, look at the birds of the air and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember this. God loves me more than them and he will take care of me and therefore I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to put it down. You know who doesn't like this sermon this morning? It is our adversary, the devil. Because anything that he can do to draw our attention, look at the birds of the air. While you're up there, look towards the heavens. From whence cometh my help. When you're doing that, he cannot do his work effectively. You have to take it. I don't know how you get there. You just have to get there. And I have said this. The, the fast way to do that is just take a couple of deep breaths. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Start looking to him. Get in the word. I would say get some pre-organized scriptures I love three by five cards. They're easy. You can carry them in your pocket. You can carry them in your purse. Goodness, do you remember Tawana when she was here? She would open up her purse and she had a stack of three by five cards with verses on them. And she would pull those cards out when we were in Bible studies on Wednesday nights or whatever we were doing. She would pull it out. She goes, just a second. Oh, here it is. From whence cometh my help. Or do not be anxious, but in all things, in supplications and prayer and requests, let your requests be known to God. She would pull these cards out. I was fascinated by that. She had a stack of them like that. We need it. Well, you can't put a stack in here, but uh, you need to have some type of method by saying, okay, this, you have to identify it. This is an anxious moment. Yes, Lord, I'm worried about this. By the way, Lord, and you've already started to divert the issue. And you just focus on him, get calm again, get relaxed. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul wrote this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds because where your heart is, there your treasure is. This is also a mind game, and he will guard your hearts and minds. So when you get in that situation, stop, breathe, turn to God, and talk to him. God, I've got this situation up here that's coming down. That's anxiety because it's mostly future. We already saw that with the word anxiety about impending doom or impending this or impending that. And I'm going to say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. Just not going to worry about this. Because this is a bigger picture. This is, this is a second bigger picture, excuse me. When you're anxious, let me just ask you this. You don't, no, nobody answered. When you're anxious, how much joy do you have? Now, anxiety strips us, not only does it trump faith, it takes away our joy. And we're supposed to be joyful. So we're going to talk more about this next week too. 
So don't think it's over yet. It's not over. Let me remind us this morning, God will provide. Please say that with me on three. One, two, three. Remember that. Remember that. I don't often have... I don't often have congregations repeat something, but God will provide. Secondly, when you feel stressed, here's some other ideas that I came up with loosely. Physical activity. I try to walk two miles a day. Do something physical. They tell you that it will help with anxiety. Just get some five-pound weights or something and, and do a workout. You should be doing that every day anyway because it does. it is a stress reliever. Prayer... Pray to God and also tell somebody. Talk to others about your anxiety so they can share it. Bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it wonderful to go, you know what, Pastor, I know you're having this problem. Come here. Um, hold hands and we're going to pray over this. Intercessory prayer is big. Tell somebody about it. This may sound way off the cuff, but I do it. I do it every time I sit down to write a sermon. Turn on classical music. In fact, one of the sections in my book that I'm going to write deals with how to get the mind focused on the sermon, and I use classical music. Classical music has been proven to reset the mind. Did you know that? There was a study done, 2016, of college students and those that listened to classical music one hour before a test did better than those who did not. Why is that? It refocuses the mind. Just easy listening music. Here's another one. Stay off social platforms. I made a decision December 14th that I wasn't going to post anything else on Facebook. Now I do post for the church and I post for Trail Life and I do have certain little groups that I'm involved in. One is my Sunday school class where we've got a Facebook page. Other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't, because, man, it would drive you nuts with all the stuff going on. Stay, stay off social networks. Check with your doctor. My doctor determined that with a lot of my physical stuff going on that I need sleep medication. And you know what? Sleep like a baby. Of course, if I got an emergency call at 2 o'clock in the morning, I wouldn't be any good. But <laughs> um, Here's another practical one. Get a hobby. Hobbies are great things, as, as long as it's not a sinful hobby. Get it, get it, get a hobby. And then ultimately, just trust God. Trust God with your life. He has it. Look at the birds of the air. Go out this afternoon. Look at the birds of the air. He loves them. He cares for them. He will care for you because you are greater than the birds of the air.